Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm here with my friend, Adriana, and I met her at a retreat called Forging Diamonds. It's a 12-week immersion program, and I have her on here so that we can talk about just her healing journey. And I have invited her because I think that there is a testimony that she needs to share with the world. And so I actually am hearing this testimony firsthand. I've heard some, heard some bits and pieces, but I'm so excited for her to share it um, in a fuller picture so that you can catch a, just a glimpse of her story and how it can help you. And so, um, Adriana, if you want, go ahead and share um, just a little bit about you so that we can share with the people. And then if you want, go ahead and go straight into your testimony um, from there. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Laurel. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my name is Adriana and I live in Oregon City, which is like a suburb of Portland, Oregon. And um, basically I'm, I'm married. I've been married for four and a half years. I have two bunnies. I love bunnies. Um, and I come from a big family of six kids. So um, I grew up homeschooled. And I love to bake and do art and sew, like sew clothes type sewing. Um, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, like just kind of old-fashioned. I love tea. I love pastel colors, that kind of stuff, lace and all those kind of things. I'm like a grandma at heart. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically what I really felt like God was putting on my heart to share um, had to do with the journey of breakthrough and bondage that he took me he took me through this last honestly it's been um since august that he really started like opening up the door to this and um and i felt like this was so important to share because i believe that there there's so many of us right now that are struggling with different things and it might look different than my story um but i really feel like god is saying that we are all worthy of freedom and breakthrough and that he loves us so much that he wants us to experience that um, in our life. So that's kind of my angle of coming at this with is just sharing with you the love that God had for me in this area of my life, but also that he extends that same like love and grace out to each and every one of you that are struggling with different things. So for me, it really started um, in August when I had a dream. And um, if you don't, I don't know if some of you know about dream interpretation, but it was something that I had just recently learned about and um, basically, I don't know if you want me to explain the dream or not. I could go into like really quick detail of that or just like. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can just share what's important about the dream, you know, okay. and so just go from there. Yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things that stuck out to me was I was in the dream. I was outside and I saw this tent that had the word Exodus written on it. And when I looked up the word Exodus, it said, um, and it could be wrong, like, as far as the exact wording of it, but it was, like, freed from bondage or something, you know, around those two words, free and, like, bondage. And I was kind of like, what? And I interpreted the dream, and I really felt like God was speaking to me, like, I'm going to be walking you through this. Like, I, you're carrying some things that are empty that you don't even realize you're carrying, because um, I had some, like, empty containers in my arms in the dream that I didn't realize I even had. And he's like, and I'm going to, like get rid of that in your life and expose it. And I was honestly intimidated. <laughs> I was kind of like, I don't know that I want to be free from bondage. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Like, he didn't say, oh, well, it's this. He just said, no, I'm going to be doing this. 
Yeah. And so that was kind of scary, honestly. Wow. You know what? Um, before you keep going, um, I was just thinking about what we've been sharing in our house church is when the um, Israelites um, got to the sea and they had the Egyptians behind them, following them and pursuing them, and that they were afraid. But um, then, you know, of course, the Red Sea parts, and they get to the other side, and then Miriam has this, like, celebratory song. So we've been talking about um, not being afraid of, or, or actually not wanting to, like, that, that the Israelites thought, well, maybe we should just go back, you know? Maybe yeah. it's better to just go back. And the fact that, you know, I guess the message was that, that some people don't know how to be free and that they think, well, maybe it's just better to stay back there or go back instead of like experiencing the miracle and then, you know, be celebrating on the other side, the victory, you know, so. Totally. Yeah. Cause fear of the unknown is like a real thing when you don't know. And also a lot of times with um, breaking free from bondage and finding freedom, there is some like really hard things that sometimes we do need to face. And there's so like, it's so much more victorious on the other side of it, but I just have to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Um, so, okay. So I have that dream and I'm like, okay, this is what God's saying he's going to do. And, um, but I didn't know exactly like how he was going to do it, but then forging diamonds came up. So that had a huge role in this. Um, and there were some other things in the dream that pointed towards, like, that, like, to tell us our ministry and the people involved who are also some of the same people involved in Forging Diamonds. So I knew that that was the place it was going to, like, all take place at. Um, so that was a huge deciding factor for me, just, like, going into that and knowing that God was going to be freeing me from something, even though I had no idea what it was. Um, so, uh, I have a coach through Forging Diamonds, Ashley, and, um, we would meet once a week and in the beginning, and I don't remember if it was the first call or the second call, it was one of them. Um, so I hadn't even met her in person. I'm just like talking to her on the phone and she mentions to me that God had told her that there was something tormenting me. And she was like, you know, you don't have to share, but you're welcome to share if there's something that's been on your mind and I had actually been dealing with a lot of guilt and shame um, because in my teenage years I had struggled with some sexual immorality um, and just because that term can be kind of vague I want to define that a little bit so sexual morality can include things like porn masturbating sex outside of marriage affairs those kind of things I had had some struggles when I was a teenager and I never told anyone ever. Like I was like, I'm taking this to the grave, <laughs> you know, <laughs> never told my husband, like I didn't bring it into marriage, but I just felt so much shame over it. And, um, I, I confessed, I, I told my coach Ashley, like I felt really safe to tell her. And so, um, I got that out and she took me through a process of like taking that to the cross um, which is basically a way of like seeing Jesus on the cross and just allowing like his blood to cover over it and, um, you know, asking for forgiveness, but also like forgiving myself for that and just the freedom that comes from Jesus and, um, 
yeah, just, just like letting go of that shame that I was carrying towards myself and putting on myself as well. Um, so I, I will say that like confession is so huge. If there is something that's like a big rock and it might not be sexual immorality, it might be something else in your life, but just getting it out there and exposing the lies of the enemy um, suddenly it takes your big like boulder and it makes it like a pebble. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, Ashley was also my coach. (laughs) So that's kind of how we grew a little bit closer. Um, But I love that you mentioned confession because we went to a drenched retreat, which is a part of Tetelestai um, last, was it September? It was in September in Indiana. And um, Rachel, who was on the ministry team, talked about a culture of confession there. And she was talking about this very same thing that you're addressing and how she had somebody that she thought that she would felt safe, like for you as Ashley, for her as Michelle, that she would go to and confess when she messed up again, you know, so that one, you're right, it exposes the lie of the enemy and it gets that out in the open, you know, otherwise it's stuffed in here and it's not, you know, then it doesn't seem as big when you actually say it, you know, because there's so much shame when you keep it hidden and you shut your mouth, you know? Um, so yeah. Wow. And Ashley is amazing. I mean, she's so sweet and not, you know, like you don't feel any condemnation, you know, with when you have that same safe person that you can share things like that with. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's it is really important. And like, yeah, I definitely would suggest anyone <laughs> to find a friend or counselor or just, you know, pastor or someone they can talk to for sure. Um, and yeah, and who and who won't, um, particularly someone that's not looking at it like religious as far as like letter of the law, you know, but like with that grace. Mm-hmm. And I think that and there's so many people out there that if we, you know, need, need someone like that, we can definitely find, find that. Um, But the other thing that God really showed me was actually through my pastor, because my pastor has, they have a ministry called Cross the Island where they take people that have experienced sexual brokenness, and they always talk about how there's a root. So like I heard in church, um, them just mention offhand, but it stuck, you know, when I heard it, that whenever you struggle with those things, um, that there's always a root to it. And so I was like, okay, where did this start from? Like, where did this come from? Why did this enter in, into my life? Because I remember being like really young, like before double digits, you know, (laughs) and, um, just being like super aware of my body. And I'm like, that is not normal. Like I lived in a really sheltered home where we didn't watch bad things on TV. And like, it was super like super limited. And so I'm like, okay, I know I wasn't exposed to this at home. So that means it came in from somewhere else. Um, and so I, and I feel like that's really important to note because any of us that are struggling with something, it kind of, I'm really logical with that. So to me, it kind of alleviates a little bit of pressure and realizing like, okay, there's a reason for this. And like, I don't know, it just helps me to have more grace for myself. I feel like, um, so then going through forging diamonds and then we had like a retreat at one point um and on the first like full day that we were there um we had pastor Clyde Lewis come and he shared about identity and then he like sent us all off to do our own identity work and so I went into my like little bunk bed and um just like 
sat there and just was having quiet time with God. Um, and I asked God to just like expose to me the deepest, darkest thing that was keeping me from my true identity. And I remember wording it like that, which was really weird. Like I don't just like word things like that, but I just, I think instinctually meaning like Holy Spirit, like I knew that there was something that was dark that like needed to be exposed. And, um, I'm going to pause on that note because anytime that we ask God for something, he will always show up. And so I'm reminded of like the verse in Matthew where he says, like, come to me all who are weary and like, I'll give you rest. And I'm paraphrasing that. But that's the verse that comes to mind of like, it's an invitation, you know, like he wants us to invite him. And so sometimes he will like just speak to us all of a sudden, right? But there's times where he's like, no, I want you to come to me and I want you to ask. And then I'm going to, um, if you ask, I'm, I'm going to, you know, come through and, and share. And so um, I asked him that and he had taken me back to when I was a little girl and um, basically like an encounter I had of being, of being molested when I was four years old. And, and he told me that too, like he distinctly told me the age and, and he didn't give me necessarily the full picture of what happened, like the full memory, but he just gave me that little snippet. And I really felt like that was God's grace because he knows we can only handle so much. And so he's like, I'm just going to give you a little bit and just let you process. And, um, and when I heard it, like part of me wanted to think, okay, am I just making this up? Is this really true? Um, but there was so many things that started, like, it just, like, all started making sense. Like, okay, that's why I had nightmares all growing up. That's why I was so, like, scared of the dark. You know, all these different things were just like, okay, this is all lining up. This is not, you know, made up. Um, and God had also kind of confirmed it with me, too, through, like, a prophetic word later that night, which was really really neat because God knew that I needed that confirmation because I'm like, I don't want to just be making things up, you know? And that was a really huge thing to, to all of a sudden kind of come into knowing of. Um, so God gave me that piece and he had me walk through taking that to the cross, um, with my coach Ashley and the piece that was really really important with this that I felt like really brought a lot of healing for me was, um, forgiving the perpetrator, but also seeing where God was in the room. And so I really believe like any trauma that we experience and it, you know, might be something totally different. Um, but that if we can really like picture where was God in the room, because he was there, you know, he was there the whole time, even though, it wasn't like God didn't want that to happen. Um, cause that's just cause sin is in the world. You know, that wasn't God who made that happen or anything, but despite it happening, he was there and he was with me. And so he never left me. Um, and that was really healing to see like where he was with me. Um, and then the next day he gave me like the full memory and I was like, okay. And it just was like these like layers, you know, and just being able to process it. Um, but the really important piece that I found with that, that he showed me was um, in the event, uh, a blanket was put over my face to smuggle my voice. And he showed me 
but the enemy was trying to steal my voice. So that was really like, it was like a physical, like, you know, stealing my voice at the time, but it also followed me through childhood. Um, all growing up, people said, oh, Adriana's really shy, you know? And I just was so afraid to like talk to people. And my mom used to give me like pep talks, like, cause I'd be crying cause I didn't have friends when I was growing up because I was so afraid to like go say hi. And my mom's super outgoing and she's like, just go up and say, hi, my name's Adriana. And I'm like, I can't do that you know? <laughs> as I'm like crying and stuff. And, uh, I just, I just really saw where God was like, yeah, that wasn't supposed to be like that. And he's like, I need to reveal that to you. That way going forward, you can be aware when the enemy is trying to steal your voice because God's like, no, I created you to use your voice. So, um, that was, that was really impactful for me. And I felt like that was so God ordained and designed how he just had it all, um, just come out and and just really allow me to experience that and also like get such a relief and freedom from that and in such a short period of time um and that to me brings so much hope how much healing god can do in such a short period of time but like i felt like i could have gone to counseling for years potentially and not that counseling isn't good because I've, I've gone to counseling <laughs> but like um but i felt like there was so much more that god could do in such a short period of time, you know, he can use counselors and he can use mentors and things. But, um, I really feel like if we ask him or allow him to do like some deep healing work that he can, he can really do that so much more like expedited. Um, if we invite him to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love this because healing of memories, I think is so powerful. Like you were saying, and I completely agree that, um, I don't know if you've read this book called Two Hours to Freedom by Charles Craft, I think. Have you heard of it? It's exactly what you're talking about. He says that with his clients, he will walk them two hours to freedom. And his process is going back to the earliest memory, even pre-birth memories, like in the womb, and see where healing needs to take place. And... And seeing where Jesus is in the memory because God's everywhere. He was, he's always been with you. And so if you can just, if he can show you where he was and what he was doing, that that memory, that's where the root is. If that gets healed, then you um, cast it out. And then the healing is just incredible. And that's, you know, it's it's so powerful. And what he, what he says is that, you know, counseling is not bad, but he has had clients that have been through years, like you were saying, years and years and years of counseling with no little to no relief. And then when he walks them two hours, you know, going through this process of healing memories and seeing where Jesus was, that people are getting set free so quickly. And it's it, literally almost word for word of what you just said in the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cool. You will love that book. Um, because it's, it's deeply rooted a lot of times. And I think sometimes we live in so much condemnation because we don't understand that there was a root cause of the problem where, where the enemy had access and it entered. And that is why you're in so much bondage and you're struggling. Um, so I loved when you said, talked about that because I completely agree. And then the other thing that stood out to me was, um, that he, he showed you little by little was your healing process.
And I remember there being a really difficult year. I think it was 2019 for me that I went through a very challenging year and um, suffered with depression for the majority of that year. But I, I didn't really have a home church that I landed. And so I just would kind of like church hop. And every time I went to a church service or a retreat or whatever, I felt like little by little I was being rescued. And then at the end of the year, I felt like it was gone completely. But um, there's a verse in, I think, Exodus or that talks about driving the enemies out little by little so that the land can be fruitful because if it was all at once, it would not be fruitful land. Um, and so that's what it reminds me of. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then like walking out of that, you know, I felt like there, I feel like there's an initial process of like, okay, I'm like getting free or at least have like gotten a lot of like the big chunks of stuff out, right? Like exposed it. And of course, there's always like layers, you know, you can always do more healing work, you can always get through like smaller layers, but those were like the boulders to get through. Um, but then it was like, okay, now how am I going to walk through in freedom now that I am free? Um, because it was kind of like after I came back from the retreat, I'm kind of like, okay, that was really cool, like everything that God did, but like I'm still kind of processing and like grieving a little bit and like just kind of taking it all in. And so I felt like I heard the Lord say, because I asked him about it. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to move forward in this? Um, and he told me, like, there was a few times where I, I was, like, at work, and I walked into a room, and I, like, felt fear and felt unsafe. And I'm like, okay, why am I feeling this, you know? And I felt like God said, you know, if it's, it's okay to, to grieve, to feel sad for that little girl, that's okay. But he said, when you start getting into, like, the lies, like feeling unsafe when there's no need to feel unsafe, right? Like there's, we do have certain instincts that we do need to listen to at times, but was it really my like natural God-given instincts or was it the lie of the enemy that I was experiencing? And so God was really pointing out to me, like, I want you to cast off the lie of the enemy and because the enemy is still going to try and get me with it. You know, he's still going to try and, and bring me back in, um, but I need to like, recognize that and fight it is what I felt like God was saying. Um, something that Laura Gallier said that really stuck with me, um, is let the lie look like the lie and the truth look like the truth. And she prays that. And I remember when I heard her mention that I started praying that too, because I'm like, yeah, I want to know when it's a lie and, you know, send that out, recognize it and send it out. And then just ask that, okay, what's the truth? Um, so that was so really good. important. And I want to reference a Bible verse, Galatians 5.1. It says, Christ has set us free for freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit to the bondage of slavery again. And that to me is such, like, that's my proof of in the Bible of, like, that God does want us to experience freedom. And then he wants us to stay free. Um, and something that my pastor has been talking about recently is, like, Going back when we when we're quoting scripture and saying, okay, who wrote this and who was it written for? Because sometimes we can take verses out of context and then try and make them mean what we want them to mean, but right. they don't actually mean that, you know? Um, so I did that with this verse and I just thought I'd share. Um, so Paul wrote it to the Christian churches 
And he was trying to help them get on the path of truth because they were falling to like a lot of deception. And Jesus had already died on the cross. Um, but it was kind of like coming out of the focus of works, like good works and letter of the law. And, and now that Jesus died on the cross, they're, you know, he was trying to get them to, to be more, um, faith based, but to focus their faith on Jesus Christ and that switch. And the Galatians thought that grace and freedom meant to like disobey and live lawless. Like if you're free, like you can do anything. You can go sin all you want. You can go like do anything. And Paul was really trying to make clear to them that grace comes by faith because we have been freed from the bondage to sinful nature. Like that's the bondage we're being freed from. Um, So I just thought that was really important to like share the heart behind that verse and where it was coming from. Wow, I love that because, um, okay, so two things that stood out to me. So when you said, let the lie look like the lie and the truth look like the truth, what Laura Gallier said, that is so profound. And I'm definitely adding that to my prayer. Um, But the other thing that I have been praying is something that Isaiah Salvador encouraged was to be deception proof. And so I've been praying that, which I think is, is similar. So, um, and then the part where you're talking about free, bring from bondage of sinful nature, um, something that the Lord's been sharing with me and something that I share with you right before the podcast, uh, for those who are listening, um, was that the Lord's been teaching me how, um, just peeling back the layers of religion and how I may have been thinking with um, misconception or just something that I was taught as a child that I probably perceived and and that was not true, right? So anyways, I've had a few dreams that I've been talking about uh, or that I have been in my old school or old churches that I've been in, and this is not to discount anything that I've learned from them, but just um, you know, seeing where the lie is, seeing where the truth is, right? And so what I've been learning through a book called Destined to Reign by Joseph Prince, I actually was encouraged to read this book by, um, I went to the Crowned Conference in December, which was incredible, and um, that was in Texas. And on Sunday, I stayed till Sunday, and Ben Rose, wait, Ben Rose's dad? Yes, his father, I think. yeah. Yes. I I was like, is that his name? I can't remember what his name was. But anyways, he came to speak as a a guest speaker. And he was talking about um, this, this basically we were saying, where we live as believers, we live under so much condemnation. And why do we live under so, so much condemnation if we have the gift of grace? And he said, it's because we live um, with a sin consciousness versus God consciousness. And that we don't tend, you know, we tend to not uh, accept the the gift of grace that he has given us. And that it is the grace that helps us overcome sin. And um, in the book by Joseph Prince um, that his Ben Rose's father recommended that I read, um, he talks about just the, he gives the example of a woman the woman in the Bible who committed adultery. And in the old law or old covenant, um, she would be stoned to death. And that was Moses's, you know, that that was what happened in the Old Testament. Um, 
because, you know, Jesus hadn't died on the cross. And so, um, and in, in that, the, the Pharisees were quick to, to point that out, like, she's supposed to be stoned to death. And so he said, well, you know, whoever has not sinned, then go ahead and cast the first stone. Is that whole scripture. And then he writes in the sand and then they go away one by one. And he, Jesus looks up and says, has no one condemned you? And she said, no, sir. And he said, neither do I go and sin no more. So he mentions in the book that that's, that is when we are like struggling or we're like not able to overcome sin to remind the enemy, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am like, God literally looks at me and he sees Jesus. He sees that I'm pure. He sees that I'm holy. And you know, like if he were to take me to court today, I, there's no, nothing on my track record. There will never be anything on my track record because, you know, because of Jesus, because of Jesus' sacrifice, he was cursed for us. And so when we sin, you know, we can say, well, God doesn't condemn me. Um, but at the same time, what you're saying, it's like, we, we also don't want to like be partnered with a sinful nature, right? But this is for those who are constantly feeling condemned and like they can't measure up because we can't. The law is, is there's limitations in the law. You know, even Jesus saw, or God saw that there was a limitation in the, in the law that we needed Jesus because we could never live sin free (laughs) completely, you know? And so anyways, that's kind of a a long or a short snippet of what I've been learning um, and kind of, you know, just peeling back and learning about um, conviction of sin and how, you know, we're, we're righteous and how the blood of Jesus is what helps us overcome sin. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Well, and we do have to like first know God's love for us, right, before we can really receive his grace because if we don't realize how much, and this is what I felt like I was hearing as you were speaking, you know, just how much he loves us. It's, you know, how can we, how can we see that grace that he's been extending to us? So that really is like the foundation, the, you know, him dying on the cross and like the love that he has for us and then going from there with it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because the closer that I get to him, the more it's like, I desire to please him. I desire to not live in sin, right? Because I've had a love encounter with him. And I think that's so true. And in the closer and the more intimate I get with him, the more it's like he's stripping off the, the old, the, um, just everything, you know, that's holding me down, all of the bondages to sin. And so absolutely it has to be in a love relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah, and in that place of conviction, it's more of because, not because of shame or guilt, but like, because he wants us to live in the goodness of everything that he has for us. So, yeah, that to me is so important too, like framing it in that way and seeing it in like, it's not a condemning like, you know, thou shalt and thou, you know, like, (laughs) you know, even though some of it he might tell us to not do certain things, you know, but it really is that heart of like, but I have so much, you mean, he can see how much better it is for us, certain things, or freeing us in this case, you know, freeing us from things um, or patterns or behaviors and things and just the freedom and the joy that we're going to walk in. Like with this journey for me, he saw the joy I was going to walk in at the end of it. Um, So I, yeah, so I really felt like in my story, like sin entered in through sexual brokenness 
And that created shame that kept me from living in my true identity in Jesus Christ. Um, but the work that Jesus did on the cross and dying for me freed me from that bondage of sin. So now the enemy no longer has a hold on this area and it doesn't change what happened to me, but it changes what happened to me and what I did, but it changes how it affects me is really what I feel like I see like big picture um, from all of this. And I, and I feel like God was really saying, you know, to kind of wrap up in a nice little bow, like the whole story and testimony. Um, and I don't have all the answers, but I felt like in, in my journey, he was showing me like confession was key to exposing the lies of the enemy. Um, and then like finding a mentor or someone you can confide in, but also someone who can help walk you through it. Right. Cause like, I mean, I kind of mentioned like taking it to the cross, but if you've never done that before, you might not know what that means. And like, um, so powerful, if you have a really good mentor or a pastor class or someone who has just more wisdom, you know, they might walk you through that or something similar, you know, maybe they've got some other tools on their belt. Um, right now, my husband and I are taking the, um, across the Island course with Ben and Heather Rose, which for both of us is doing some really good healing work because they focus on, they call it unwanted sexual behavior because they're like, you know, nobody wants to like look at porn or, you know, masturbate. I mean, we might think we want it in the moment, but like when it's all said and done and you're feeling the guilt and the shame from it, you're not thinking, Oh yeah, I really wanted that. Like a lot of times we're thinking, man, I, you know, this is going to be the last time. Right. Like I screwed up. Stop before I'm married or I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. And, um, just realizing like both my husband and I have some healing work to do. And, um, just seeing how like, God's like, yep, we're going to work some more on this. Like I thought, you know, we've gotten to a pretty good place and he's like, there's more, there's more layers, you know? And so, um, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah, taking a class or finding whatever it is that God's leading you to. Because God will, if he's wanting to work on something, he's going to put the right people in your path and they'll open up the right doors. So it's more so just being open to that. And yeah. and even though it's scary to, like, go to someone sometimes and say, hey, I struggled with this or I need help with this, um, it's so, so worth it. And ultimately, take it to Jesus and just ask him for healing and for ideas of, like, what do I do with this? Like, Jesus, what do you need me to know about this? And what do you need me to do with this right now? Wow. Yeah, the, those two questions are so powerful. And I think that, like, what a lot of times is is what we, sh- really what we should be telling people, like, go to God yourself and ask him, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Because it builds a relationship with him. Uh, versus I think a lot of like sometimes we're tempted to just like ask people for answers which is great you know there's nothing wrong with that but if if we choose to go to God himself and ask him straight from the throne room of heaven you know he's gonna give you an answer you know and it's the perfect answer and so I've been in the habit of you know I'll get on my laptop and I just ask him, what do you want me to know about today? And what do you want me to do about it? And God has a lot to say. (laughs) So I think it's so important to spend time with him 
and hearing what he wants to say and what he wants you to know about something um, because it's it's so healing and um, yeah 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 well Adriana um, do you have anything else that you want to share or um, we can close out in prayer yeah I think I think that's kind of everything that was on my heart and just going back to like for those listening like you were loved and you are worthy of freedom and breakthrough is what I really hope that you hear from all of this is like, God, whatever those areas are, you know, and it looks different for everyone. Um, but that I felt like was really what God was, was wanting people to know today. Yeah, that's so true. And I'm reminded of even something that my friend Cam has talked about how, you know, when you get on the airplane and they tell you, um, you know, in an emergency, you pull down the oxygen and you put it on, yourself first and then you put it on the person beside you you know you don't do it first for them and try to you know help them out they always tell you to do it first and that's what's so important in the healing process is I have to work on me before I try to like fix anybody else you know and so that that's what it was reminding me what you were saying that you are worth um, going through the healing process and he wants that for you. He wants you to live in freedom and joy and, um, on the other side of the sea, like, you know, rejoicing with like what Miriam did. And, um, yeah, I can testify just personally that going through the healing process has changed my life. It's, it's, and it's been a process, you know, another thing that I'm being reminded of is something that I've learned through my backgrounds in physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist assistant. And what something that the Lord was teaching me was that, you know, patients would come in and, you know, the first visit, say, you know, say they had like a shoulder injury or like a frozen shoulder or something like that. And they come in and it's very painful. And, you know, the first visit, they get through all the exercises, manual therapy, whatever. And the next day they're like, I feel like a, a, you know, a semi truck has hit me and I hurt so bad and I can't go back, you know? And so they're either call or they're come in and be like, I hurt so bad. I, I don't think I can do this. And so I've always encouraged them. Okay. These first few times it's, I mean, it's going to hurt. Like it's the process is painful because you've gone in this, you're in this shape and it's not, you know, but you know, if you stick with it, you will get better on the other side. It will be painful, but you'll be better on the other side. Versus if you don't come in here, you don't keep going through the process, it will get progressively worse. So do you want to get progressively worse, you know, and still be in pain? Or do you want to go through the process of healing and then even though it's painful and be healed on the other side? You know, like it's really your choice whether you want to submit to it or not or yield to it or not. And so when he showed me that, I was like, wow, that's, that's so true. Some people are not willing to go through the pain that it takes to, to receive healing, but it's so worth it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then there's always more healing that can be done, <laughs> like, you know, too. And so, which is, I don't know, sometimes that can sound discouraging, but it's really not, like, because it's a refining process. So even though I'm, like, I feel like I found freedom in this area, and every now and then something creeps up, and I'm, like, okay, I've got to work on that. But 
Um, but mostly like, you know, basically free aside from the few little things that I just know to deal with when they, when they arise. Um, but now there's like other areas that God's like, okay, now you've got bondage in this area that I didn't even realize. And I'm like, okay, we're working on that next. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely, it, it's a refining process for us all. And like, God knows when we're ready to, to work on that and, He's yeah. ready when we're ready. Yeah. Um, He's always been ready. <laughs> so true. Right. And, and so to continue with that example, now that you're saying that, that you're still going through a healing process and it, you know, he always uncovers certain things and little by little. But when somebody comes in, like to use that example, the frozen shoulder, there's a, a phase where it's like we're working on mobility and stretching. And once the range of motion has improved to the point where they have functional range of motion, the next phase would be strengthening. So because you have not been able to move your shoulder for a period of time, that that shoulder has become so weak and you can't, you know, that's it. Yes, it'll regain strength somewhat on its own, but there are some muscles that have atrophied and need to regain strength. And so you want to put them through that program of strengthening and it's strengthening not just of here, but like the, the muscles in the back and the muscles kind of up here. And so um, I'm, it's just making me think of like, you know, just because we went through the mobility, then you have to continue on, you know. And so, yeah, yeah. And then you have to maintain, right? You have to maintain that strength because like you were saying, this whole process that maintaining your freedom by choosing to yield to the Holy Spirit every single day. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Well, this has been amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing just, um, what the healing process has done for you and how you've submitted to Holy Spirit. And I just, I love your journey. I love your story. And I think it's very impactful and inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Um, well, if you want, uh, do you mind closing us out in prayer? Yeah, definitely. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much just for this time that Laurel and I had to, to share and how impactful I feel like that's been just for me and using my voice. And um, I just thank you, Lord, for all of the, the ladies that are listening. Maybe there's others too. Um, but I just thank you, Father, for everyone listening. I just pray for for awareness, Lord, of things that you're wanting to, um, I just see like shackles, like coming, coming undone, you know, like, like you're opening up the shackles and saying, okay, like you can have that freedom. And so Lord, I just thank you that there is something in everyone that they, um, recognize no matter how big or small that you were just wanting to break loose in them and give them freedom and victory, Lord. And I just declare that Victory is ours, Father, because victory is yours, Lord, first and foremost, and that you extend that victory to us, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, for the grace and the love that you that you extend to us and how how good of a Father you are, Lord, to just walk us through these things, to be so gentle and so mm-hmm. kind. Lord, you are such a gentleman with us, Father, and just um, as you just walk us through the things that um, maybe hurt our heart and um, that are causing us pain, Father, and that... 
Um, I just believe, Lord, that there is healing happening in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds and that our minds are being renewed, Father. And so I just pray, Lord, that everyone listening, that they um, that they know the areas that you're wanting to unshackle them from, Father, and that they have the boldness to walk through that with you, Father, to ask questions to you, Lord, um, to talk to Holy Spirit about how you want to... Um, maneuver through this with them lord and i just pray that doors be opened that doors be open to them father that um encourage them uh that uplift them whether it be people or different things that you place in their life father or that maybe even you're closing some doors closing doors that um are continuing unhealthy habits or continuing to keep them in bondage father so i just i just speak freedom lord to everyone listening um, and just declare your goodness over over these situations, Father, that we all we all have things that we're working through and encountering, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that you um, are always victorious, Father. I just see you on your, your white horse, just like leading the charge. Yes. <laughs> and thank you, Father, that you do that in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for all these beautiful women that are listening, Lord, and for Laurel. And I just pray just for um, protection and safety over all of us, Father, in our hearts and in our minds. Um, and just thank you, Lord, for the good work of the cross and everything that you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, bye, everybody.